Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Talk Azure. Uh, my name's Alan and this episode is Build, Build, Build. Build, Baby Build even. Um, hello Sam. Hello Alan, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, so this this episode is to uh, recap uh, Microsoft Build um, that happened last week. Um, so yeah, um, anything else we need to say Sam? I don't think anything else has happened in Microsoft land, has it, in the last two? Well, I, I, you know, that's not been being negative. It's just been, um, it's just been absolutely dominant, hasn't it? I think the last two weeks, it's all, um, especially from my side of things, sort of from a development background, it's all been the build yeah. up to build, uh, the build up to build to build, um, and then, yeah, and then Microsoft went ahead and did a forty-eight hour constant live stream, which was a bit was um, mental, crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all time zone. yeah that, well that's the thing when i when i first went to look at the schedule i was like oh this is gonna suck because it's all gonna be you know pacific standard time or eastern standard time but actually it was literally 48 hours and i was just i when i saw because they were streaming on youtube and i saw that they because after like there's a live event on youtube um yeah. you, youtube stores the video doesn't it and mm-hmm. um and once it had finished, I because I'm subscribed to them, I, it's like you know the the stream was exactly 48 hours long, right? And I was like, you wow. know, it was like mental. But you can't watch it back. It's obviously too long for YouTube to record because it's when you try and play it, you can't you can't record it on YouTube anymore. Yeah, and they were doing it. At, um, was it 1080p, 60 hertz? Uh, yeah, it was. Well, Fresh, for me, FPS I, even. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was 1080p because I, I, to be honest with you, they obviously had because you know a vast majority of them were working from home. The sessions were literally people, you know, streaming yeah. from. You know, I assume I assume they were pre-recorded. I, I don't, I don't really know. But the live stuff when they were in the studio, I mean, the production quality was was like insane. It was, it was. I, I don't know, but they do that, don't they, at Microsoft events? Well, they yeah. have like a. A, an area where they all talk from but it was just look like a studio like a they spent some money on it that's definitely yeah and it you know it's it's great that they made it you know virtual um even in you know in the covid19 world um yeah. allowed everyone to actually be part of it and that was their big thing wasn't it to to make sure everyone was involved they were on twitter a lot they were trying to get you know all that yeah. that interaction because they missed it because you know being there being part of the day or the days um yeah. you know with build with ignite everything else you know it is it is you know one part of it isn't it let alone the sessions yeah i mean the the their coverage is good anyway but what what was really good about you know uh, virtual build is that we still had those q a sessions that you could book onto i mean they went like instantly but the fact that they were still doing like you know talk to microsoft even remotely you know that is that's just like that seems insane to me and like you know absolutely fair play and thank you for ever ever so much for everybody that you know that prepared for that because it was like i was saying i was talking to you about like my youtube subscription feed is nuts what well, was nuts like the past yeah. probably four or five days they've been uploading clumps of recorded sessions and i'm talking like a lot of content and a lot of content you like completely miss like you know you like i was watching a 
like a video about Blazer today, and I didn't even realise that Steve Sanderson had done a video, like a session on it. I completely missed it. Like I would have, I would have watched it. You know, it's, if it's exactly like when you're, you know, at these events, you can only see so much, can't you? It's not. Yeah. yeah. And this is, yeah. it's all there, but it's still hard to see everything. You've yeah. got to pick, pick and choose what you want to do. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've like yeah, no. I've favorited a load of it, and I, I I'll probably never get round to watching all of it because it's just, it's just into and the sessions are long, like they're not, they're meaty. You know what I mean? They actually go into like, you know, some of them are like starter sessions in there, you know, but that some yeah. of them are like you know a session where they talk and then they have a Q and A and it's in depth with an actual like part of the engineering team, and they're answering questions and like, I don't know that one I watched today was like. I think it was like 40, 45 minutes. And it's like, I've got like, they're all like at least 25 minutes long, 25, 35, you know, it's like, like just the amount of effort that went into preparing for that. Well, you've got to think that, you know, it, you know, in February, March time, they probably thought it was still on. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like, they had to literally change everything to yeah. a remote, you know? Yeah. And preparing all yeah. of those people, making sure that they can, you know they've got the equipment at home to record and you know yeah you know doing all of that sort of side of things as well the logistics of that it must be you know it must be pretty yeah pretty hard and but you know but then I sp- yeah go on no you go no, i was just gonna say you know beginning of because i expect quite a lot of it was using microsoft teams to bring yeah. them into yeah, the, yeah. Uh, was, yeah. the sessions yeah. and of course you know beginning of march april time teams was did get quite uh, busy because of the COVID nineteen. Everyone moving, you know, remote Definitely. working. It did, it did have not not issues. It had, um, you know, it was it was it became very busy very quickly. So Microsoft yeah. had to obviously yeah. spin up the back end a lot quicker than uh, they, they anticipated. So. Yeah, but I think they handled that well. I mean, considering yeah. the the massive surge of users that they had. I mean, we did have a bit of like I wouldn't really call it. I would say we had like you know de- degradation in like areas yes, that we didn't yeah. really care about like read receipts right like as in you know like for weeks you know but that wasn't like core functionality it was like i couldn't tell if somebody had read my message which is like the least of my you know concerns about you know do you know what i mean like i had maybe one one of my clients ask me about that like you know there was a really confusing thing where teams had said that somebody hadn't been online for like 48 hours and and like somebody had thought that somebody like wasn't available for 48 because they had just yeah. checked it and they hovered over it and they went, Oh, one of my team members, you know, I haven't checked in with them and I haven't seen them online for ages. So apart from that, I haven't had any real, any no. real like issues at all, to be honest with you. No. And you know, I was able to work, you know, remotely um, yeah. and continue working in that part. So, you know, big, big um, shout out to Microsoft for that as well, yeah. making sure that all stays up. So yeah, Oh yeah, I can imagine that that is um, <laughs> that's that's not a simple situation for some infrastructure people there. That's for sure. So, um, right. So what what were we talking about today? Al? What's the what's the well? It's called Build Baby Build, isn't it? The Build. title of this one. Uh, so I yeah, assume so we're talking I guess about we're going to run through some of the um, some of the main well, some of the, the the bits out of out of Build that's um, kind of Microsoft Azure and three six five e bits that kind of hit our bits. So um microsoft lists microsoft um, lists do you want lists now because you're getting lists everywhere there's going to be lists left right and center you want lists for your lists <laughs> so is this an up so is this an upgrade to 
to-do lists or you know and planner kind of thing or... I, I mean i th- the, so i use a piece of software called notion right and notion okay. is basically like um it's not a microsoft product it's like they're their own company and it, yep. it basically allows it's kind of like one note in effect um but it's a bit more i mean the mobile app is nicer, that's why I use it. Um, but basically, it's you can put more than lists in it, but it allows you to build these like hierarchies of data and link them through to okay. each other. So, like one of the like to do, I, I I see this. Yes, I think you're completely right. I see this as a evolution of to do, but it allows you to do it in a collaborative way, and also your lists aren't necessarily just text lists. They are. Okay items like it could be a table it could be cards it could be so it's not just it's lists of things but different types of objects you know yeah and i guess so i guess that planner is more sort of tasks only really like you're saying list is actually you know could, well, not, it won't be a shopping list but kind of that thing it's yeah. it's items rather yeah. than being tasks and because that's exactly what to do and planner are isn't it yeah it's to do not... your personal one planners your yeah, you know, your, your your like tasks within a, a Microsoft team or something. Yeah, and I mean this isn't Kanban, right? This is just lists and collection of lists. I, I say just list. That's not the right way for me to say that, but it's um, I think it's more. I think it's more complex than. I'll give you an example, right? So let's say you have an Excel spreadsheet of some data that you want to visualize in a way that's maybe not let's say you have a list of potential customers right so imagine you have like a crm let's say you're not you're not in you know through you don't have a crm system right so you're not like a dynamics or a you know something like that right and you've got a list of prospects or something and you want that shown in a way that's not just excel right you know you might want like a nice table or a nice form or something like that to show it to you um so i think that's what they're it's just a different way to convey this list-based data categorize it sync it all together and also share it with other team members so i think it's i mean for me so one of the other examples is they've got an asset manager Right. So all the assets in the business, you know, like and being okay. able to take pictures and render those pictures. So it's just instead of having like a boring Excel spreadsheet, you go into the asset management list um, and that would be. OK. Do you see what I mean? So it's like it's kind of like an interface yeah. for your data. No, that's good. Yeah, because I guess if you had um, asset management in, in an Excel spreadsheet, it'd be difficult to put pictures in the spreadsheet as such because you know directly into it without creating a link to it in in a OneDrive and things like that yeah. and not actually seeing it there and then yeah. so and yeah, one, okay. one other thing just to touch on is is there is this action based rules you know so if a an item is deleted or an item is created then you can trigger actions like sending an email to somebody or a group of people oh, so it's got it's got a bit of like power automate sort of yeah built into it maybe yeah so it seems to me like this is yeah i think that's probably quite a good way to describe it really because power automate well no let's talk about power apps right power apps is for building proper pieces of software right 
But if you yep. just want a list of assets, you don't. You could do that in Power Apps, but would you really need to like try and build all that functionality out for yourself? You know, you might. And Power BI really isn't the right product for that because you. That's for what analysis of data, like you yep. know, tell me, you know show me all the number of assets that are like expiring in the next six months or something like that. This is just yeah, purely right. a nicer interface without having to build a SharePoint site. Right. Like, cause this is what you would do have done before. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, traditionally you might make like a SharePoint list, get a consultant or somebody to come in. And now one of the big things that I don't know, I, this was new to me, but they they were talking a lot about citizen developers. So you got like, um, like professional developers, which are like the consultants. And then you've got citizen yep. developers, which are like, you know, people that are maybe in like um, accountancy teams or HR or legal teams, which are starting to build Power BI and they're starting to build. So this to me seems yeah. like a really good way for a quotes citizen developer. And I think that's the term, that's the right term to call these people to visualize and model their data without having to get complex and get a SharePoint person to come in and do it or, you know, a Power Apps. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess that's, you know, Microsoft um, envisioned Power Apps and Power Automate or Flow as it was previously, you know, to be that, you know, someone can do it themselves um, most of the way. And then it does, you know, Power Apps can and Power Automate can get complicated. Yeah. Um, depending on what you want to do. But some of the simple things, you know, as a citizen... Uh, developer could do that quite easily you know at least get them off the ground yeah um, yeah, with it. yeah yeah but this I is mean, this is you know if you just want to fish but power automate power automate and logic apps well not, let's forget about logic apps because that's more of a uh, technical it's not technical but it's more of a technical thing right um yeah. power automate is all about actions at certain events isn't it it's not about yeah. visualizing data it might be about yeah. packaging data and sending that somewhere else like you know, do this, move this to this system. It's it's very like, yeah. you know, flow orientated. Whereas this is, yeah. but but I assume I just I haven't seen it in the documentation. Obviously, we can't see this because it's not out until the quotes end of summer, or it's rolling out in the summer whenever summer is in whatever time okay. zone they, well, in whatever I, region I, I, they decide. Can't even play with it yet. <laughs> no, exactly. But um, but I think this will empower a lot of people to make use of teams more to add more value to the data that they're storing in office 365 right because it's no longer a boring excel spreadsheet it's like a nice interactive list table grid card whatever i mean you can even do calendars you know with dates and stuff like that so okay it's, um yeah it's, it's it looks i will certainly use it because there are there's things that Notion does for me. Um, so, like, I like to categorize things personally and professionally in daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly views. So I have lists for, like, um, I, I'll sit down at the start of the month and I'll go, right, what do I want to achieve in this month for this part of my life? Like, it might be, like, the housework, right? Like, I want to, you know, fix the garden or, or you know, fix the fence, and the, you know, whatever it yep. could be. And that's my job. All of those jobs for like may and i can do that in notion because i could i technically i could do that in one note and i could do it in i could do it in planner like i, I could 
because I can yeah. have my but it's I would have to make multiple planners for each different sort of area whereas this is is this is like this would uh, yeah this is like groups of lists which I th- I think is really powerful and it's also got the visualization aspect to it which I think is going to get great engagement so I'm I'm really looking forward to this I any guess on what you think it might cost do you reckon it's going to be bundled in do you reckon it's going to be free yeah, I think I think it's going to be vulnerable into the you know the three six five licensing. I don't think it's going to be um, what I'm guessing here. This is you know, my own yeah. opinion of yeah, this because yeah. <laughs> you know we we don't know yet, but I expect it will be you know in the the uh, E three or or the you know, well mind you it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It, it, yeah, I think it'll be in one of the Office three six five licenses. It's going to you know, be where in it's three and up or something like that. Well, it might even be yeah, lower well, than might, that. No, it fair. might be in the F, in the F series you know the um kiosk one so yeah um okay well we'll yeah. have to see but it looks great they've got a uh, mobile apps um for it itself as a standalone thing so kind of like planner where you have it's their own apps and then it's also okay um bundled into teams as well um okay Brilliant. should we move on but yeah lists can't wait gonna definitely have a good old play with that great so what have we got next then so do we want to talk around the uh the NDI assist for the, uh, the you know, Teams and Skype TX stuff. You know, kind of what we're using to uh, record right this, now. I guess. NDI, yes. Yeah. So what is N? I don't know the acronym, but what does NDI do, Alan? So this kind of um, allows us to uh, be in between a, a video camera um, stream, um, allow us to take you know, take that video from Skype and Teams um so today you can do that with skype um and then you can use like things like obs which is what we're using to uh, record this uh video and uh you know audio here so um but allow us to still have that you know communication still see everything so we can have multiple people in this call and grab their um video i guess is that right yeah it's sort of um a way to rebroadcast your camera isn't it because you can yeah you can base so what I've got is I've got a plugin for OBS which are, so you enable NDI in whatever software you're using so Skype supports NDI as we've spoken about and it allows you to like plumb that video stream into something else like as it's like pretending that it's like another source of data uh, or like another you know video source whereas I couldn't just say I want Alan's webcam and I want it in OBS because Skype doesn't like, I can't like connect into skype well you can because you use ndi so um so i think the 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 messaging here is i'm not sure what skype tx is i've never heard of that before um but i know that when you linked it to me it's like ndi is coming to teams so basically what it allow us to do is we could have this call because we're currently doing this call over skype um we could do it with teams and have the same functionality so for people that um live stream a lot like you could it just gives you more flexibility about recording that audio. Um, so, for instance, what I do here, because I want to, because a webcam, you can't share a webcam um, to two sources, right? So if your webcam is used by Skype, it's used by Skype. You can't then connect it to OBS at the same time. So what I do is I have my webcam in plugged in, uh, pointed at Skype, and then I grab my NDI source from my side into OBS. So we're both using it. So I'm, you know, for this recording, I'm using NDI to record like both of us. So, um, so yeah, it's a big, big old change for for teams. Yeah, and I, 
I think the other the you know you know we're talking you know we're using it for like, you know these podcasting that, but for a big organization, it means they can have a Teams call, um, and then using the live event part of Teams, they can then stream. They can use OBS or, or, or other products out there to yeah. stream to build you know in effect manage their their live event yeah. using you know the the thing you know the the video from Teams and Skype. Got it. Um, to then broadcast it into the live event, so they manage it rather than just seeing. Because I suppose you know, six if, from... yeah, so let's say you had four people, um, and you had NDI enabled, you could have a dedicated stream for each one of those people. Pipe it out yeah. for your production workflow, like you know, like you were saying, like if you imagine build, you had all four people instead of just screen recording teams, right? You could actually um, pipe each of the video streams out and then you know merge them together however you want to do that yeah and it could be yeah like you said it could be instead of it being you know four people on the screen you could actually share the whole screen as being one of those those feeds in your in your live yeah. event so then you then when the next person talks you can flip it straight to that full screen person right got um, it no that's really good so yeah it's cool yeah no i think it's i think well, we kind of we kind of I think had an inkling that this was coming because it was missing, right? It's like yeah. why is it why is it in Skype? But it's one of these things, you know. Teams is a relatively new product compared, especially compared to Skype. So it would make sense that it's going to take some time. Yeah, to, and to come and through. Microsoft um, tend to push some of the stuff out to the consumer world first as well. If you think about multi-factor authentication or see the seem the the passwordless sign-in that you can do, it came to microsoft accounts first rather than the you know the business as your ad bit for you know for, for testing kind of yeah. like you know they're inside of builds and things like that tested with the consumers the millions of people there first before bring it into the business Ooh, sorry if you just heard that i just dropped <laughs> it's okay i just knocked something over we're live everyone this is yeah. what happens <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know if rtx voice caught, uh, caught that one but i just dropped something right anyway it doesn't matter it's all good um okay cool um Fluid framework, Alan. Do you know what the I, I fluid framework is? So I've seen a little bit about this, um, but you'll have to uh, fill in the blank. So um, this sounds like uh, a new document that you can create within maybe Office products or online. Um, I'm not quite sure about that, but um, allows you to bring in all the different types of Office um like PowerPoint and Word and Excel sort of functionality into one document. Is that how you were? Um, yeah, I mean, the best, the way that I've, I've sort of, this has come across to me, right? Yeah. Is that, um, is that the fluid framework is, from what I can see, is like a blank canvas document that you can embed different other office uh, document types into so okay uh, let's say you let's say you're an accountant and you create uh, management accountant reports every month and maybe at the moment you might produce summary with that you know talking about what's happened over the month and you know any gotchas that you you know you need the um, your your upper management to know about you might send a pdf document or a word document um, and then you yep. might also send like an Excel spreadsheet to back up with your data inside of it. Now, from what I can see, Fluid Framework, the Fluid Framework allows you to embed 
like Excel, well, any object type into like a fluid document. So you could have like a block of text, which would technically be a Word document. And then you could embed like a table or a chart from Excel. But you could like, I think you can edit it from inside of that document. Okay, so instead of it being a normal table in Word, say, where you can't really do any functions and do anything that, you know, that Excel can do, um, you can actually do it within that same document. You don't have to keep, you know, you don't have to do that functionality in Excel and then copy that Correct. table yeah. over so it, and then have a yeah. copy of it. So it's basically allowing this collaboration, but not just between people, but between applications in the same document. So I'm not sure it's a, if it's a different, I don't think it's a different document type. I think it's just saying that in Word, you can embed like an Excel component. Oh, okay. Um, but I believe as well, the Fluid framework is a development framework. So you can build your own like Fluid, fluid framework elements. So it's oh, okay. not ju- it's not just for in- embedding other Word documents. It's like a standard for developers to create their own integrations. So if you were a SaaS provider and you wanted to embed something, like you wanted, I don't know, let's say you were MailChimp and you wanted to make your own Fluid element to embed your mailchimp stats into you know your documents that would be a thing that you could do oh so you might you might have um integrations into crms and things like that so you can bring data in from there so it it kind of like the um uh what it used to be called where you know pre-populate the the document because based on the the data kind of what used to be called in word um well like a mail merge yes yeah that's it yeah 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 well but you could always I think you could always embed objects, though, couldn't you? You could always embed, like... But I think it was a bit... I, I, I definitely don't think it was um, uh, in any of the online versions of any of the products no. as well. So I think this is... From what I can see, um, I haven't... Um, I'm not yet... It's on my to-do list to have a proper play with this because I think yeah. this could be very, very interesting. Um, I just... Yeah, a few different things came to my mind straight away. So I really want to sit down and look at the tooling and the documentation to see what this is like. But yeah, it it does seem. But yeah, it's again this it's again this um, bringing together of these different products and systems, isn't it, into one sort of cohesive? Yeah. You know, like it's still a doc, it's still a word document, but it could have a PowerPoint embedded in it. Like, mm. I, I you know, I wonder. I wonder if the um, the merging of the um, applica- the Office application in Android and iOS to the Office app ah, is kind of the start yes, of this. Yes, potentially. To bring it all into one product. I mean, you can understand with that product, I mean, we're going to a little bit off topic here, but you can understand that bringing those bits into one product was good from a, um updating perspective because, you know, 40, 60% of it is all the same. Um, you know, and doing a change to authentication within the application means they have to do it for each you know, PowerPoint, Word, Excel, etc., and bring it into one place so that you can um, you know, have to update once, you know, bring stuff out to the you know, to the world quicker. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of feels like this. They're bringing this into um, help with that, you know, that merge of that fluent framework. Yeah, and I mean this yeah. being able to embed different you know to compose this document built up of different op- document types is again this yeah. like um way to empower people to create more 
engaging experiences inside of documents right so if you imagine if you've got like um because i did play with the there's like a public um there's like a public preview of it and basically what they show is they show you like um a um, a document with a title and it kind of really reminds me of like the new gutenberg editor from wordpress like it's it looks like a markdown file in effect and you can press plus and you can embed different things. So at the moment, they've just got like tables, people, dates, bulleted lists and stuff like that. So there's like okay. it. Yeah, it's all it seems to be this. But I, I'm going to I'm going to learn about it more. I'm definitely going to you know go a bit deeper with it and, and try and give a, you know, have a proper play with it. Um, and then I'll report back because at the moment it's very new. This is the first public preview that we've had of it, I assume. Other yeah. people must have knew, known about this, but this is, you know, brand new to me. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, okay. We can try and chuck that into the uh, the news uh, in the yeah, next. Yeah. I mean, maybe uh, what we should up. try and do yeah. is maybe we'll do an episode on it and just I think lists as well, um, and that is probably worth its own segment in terms of, you know, what's the reasoning behind it and and what can you achieve from it, you know, because it's so new that it's we're not really going to see, you know everything that can be done with it those integrations are going to take time no. yeah we're gonna to have to have you know office 365 and that all um, upgrade yeah. to you know, tenants upgrade and things like yeah. that cool yeah right then so what's next something from azure now then we'll leave Finally. the 365 Four. uh sort of it's amazing <laughs> i just want to say one thing it's amazing that how at microsoft build um, we just talked about so much office 365 right yeah. it's almost yeah. it's not just about it's almost building code is it's it? not it's um it's very much platform orientated now right teams power platform um you know it yeah you know mcsd is dead well dead ish whatever right and you know and we can see these new role-based like azure developer um you yeah. know is that going to be more the focus now is that going to be you know, building for the power platform, building for Teams, Office 365, you know, is that really, you know, um, what's really interesting to me about the development side of things is we've now got Blazor, which is basically building, um, so instead of having to use JavaScript, you can run .NET in the browser using Wasm, which is like a web assembly. Um, and okay. it basically... Interesting name. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, anyway, but it basically allows you to run .NET <laughs> in the browser so you can write c sharp and it will run in any modern browser right so if you can imagine that because it's all web-based you could potentially run blazer inside the fluid framework so you should still need to learn c sharp because c sharp's still like a you know insanely popular language and, and all of those sorts of things so is that are we going to yeah. see this merging of like instead of writing it all in you know JavaScript and React and stuff like that? They're going to start pushing Blazor. Um, like WebAssembly is now, as far as I'm aware, not supported inside of Power BI or Power Apps. I've been trying to get like there's you know user voices for that. We're just we're literally waiting because that was my first thing. As soon as I can get Blazor inside of Power Apps, like I'm not doing. I'm probably not going to use anything else. Right, Common Data Service and Blazor. I'll be away. I can build anything like that. I need to then. So anyway, sorry, digression, but like, yeah. And talking about our next news item, um, it's probably not going to come as much of a surprise, um, but Microsoft have launched a public preview for static web apps. So um, 
Ever heard of a static web app, Al? No, I um, haven't. Have you heard um, of React? Not necessarily the... Have you heard of React? Only from you talking okay. around it. Not really. Uh, it's not really my area, um, is it? So, so traditional, like more traditional applications, and still the vast majority of applications are built in a monolithic way. Um, you have a tight coupling between the HTML, like the actual website, how it looks and feels, the HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and also the backend. So, um, so we've got yeah. we've got ASP.NET MVC, um, and that is you know. Um, that is more of a traditional web application approach. Uh, but now we also have the idea of front-end and back-end. Um, so now we're moving into this sort of API-driven world. Um, decoupling your front-end and your back-end makes a lot of sense because you build an API and then that API could be consumed by your front-end but also by other systems. So if you need to talk to somebody else or they need to talk to you, you don't need to build, yeah. in effect, an API on the side of your standard web application. Um, okay. Now, that means that your front-end code is basically static. It's literally just files that you upload um, to a web server. So you don't need, like, you need a web server, but you don't need, like, AS or .NET or ASP.NET running in IIS. You literally just need somebody to send you the HTML, JavaScript, and CSS, and the app will function. So it's sort of all the processing is done in the user's browser instead of on the server side to render it. Um, and the way that we've deployed... So let's say you had a an Angular app, for instance, or a React app. You would compile it into its into its various form into its form and then you would upload it to um blob storage you would enable static website hosting on it and then it would be up and running um but blob storage is really for storing blobs like not the functionality is there to you know host a static website but it's not really it was never really designed to do that like it it, no. it can do it and it does it very well. There's nothing really wrong with it and you can promote it to Azure CDN and all of that sort of stuff. But anyway, they, they've they now brought out um, Azure Static Web Apps, which gives you a pipeline um, of how to deploy your, um, your web apps, your static web apps to Azure in a simplistic manner. So it's giving you a more... And it's giving you the connectors that you need for the serverless. So into Azure Functions and, you know, all of those various platforms and systems oh, that you need. You. Um, and, yeah. And it's like, by default, it's got, you know, CDNs built in. Yeah, I've lost you there, Sam. Sorry. Are you there? Oh, can you hear me? Are you back? Hello, you there? I think. Yeah. Oh, wait. I need to move, <laughs> I need to move you on OBS because you've... I think he's... Anyway. Apologies for that. That was my, I think that was my internet again. So apologies for that. Um, yeah. So now we've got this way to host um, the static web applications, which um, gives us developers better, better DevOps and workflows to get our code up to it, um, Azure. And obviously it's inside this managed environment. So there is, you know, the ops cost again with these PaaS solutions is a lot lower. It's, there's a lot less for, um, everybody to manage so teams templates i think it's been um quite high on the list of uh user voice to uh be able to spin up new microsoft team teams teams um <laughs> but you know <laughs> to um you know build um to have a template so you know you can have your standard um 
I know in a you know in a university it might be a um, course um, template um, that you know that course or it could be a, you know one for you know, each customer that's always the same. Um, so they've brought that in. So then um, users themselves, if you allow them to, um, allows them to you know choose one of those choose one of those templates that you've uh, built yourself or um, that Microsoft have pre pre populated because you know they're quite good at. Uh, putting some standard ones in there yeah um, so is that um, around is that around like um like templating like channels inside of teams and then the yeah. tabs inside of those channels yeah exactly yeah okay. what channels you have what, um you they they were in there in public preview but i think that it, this is the, the it being um is it coming live prob- okay right yeah cool. um or they're bringing in it they've actually built it in a bit better because um i think beforehand some of it was um, around PowerShell and do, you know doing it do it in the back end as, a, as you know, managing it that way, and I think yeah. they brought it to the front so users can actually do it now. So, okay. Oh, that's great. Okay. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. So, what about uh, Azure VM Image Builder service? Sam? Yes. Well, um, welcome HashiCorp and Packer to the Microsoft family, yeah. I suppose. I mean. Um, so if anybody's unaware, um, image building, so a VM can be spun, spun up from an image, can it? You can, you can create a virtual machine, you configure it to your liking, and you can save an image of that virtual machine. So in the future, if you need something that's, you might have a base configuration for one of the products that you support, um, and then you can just spin up that template and it's got a load of stuff predefined. You know, you keep your templates up to date, you patch them regularly, and you've got, you know, um, you've got you've got you know templates ready to go. Um, and one, I guess, yeah, go on. I just better say, I guess you use this in some of the uh, the VM scaling um, environments where you you know you need to spin up more of them based on load and things like that. Correct. So if you have yeah. like a scale set, you're, you know, if you're doing like an Azure batch workload, you basically say, I am, you know. I want 10 of this image, right? And that's that's how you define it. So, but getting that image there, um, we've generally, we've got ARM templates, which allow us to build infrastructure, but not necessarily this sort of automation level that like a lot of admins need to be able to configure the actual box. Like you might want to install a base set of security patches, you know, get, IAS fired yeah. up on it and and all of those different things you know so um so a company called HashiCorp um they build various different um uh, developer tools so like uh, Terraform is one of their massive products but a product that they have is called Packer and Packer is basically a command line runner you create a config and you say what you know your base image is and what you want it to like the scripts you want to run on it and it will go and use a cloud service to build that machine for you. So let's say you bring up an Ubuntu VM, and then let's say you just wanted to install the latest patches and shut it back down and save a snapshot, right? Let's say you want to do that every week, you could automate it to do it. Um, But now we've now got Azure VM Image Builder, which is apparently um, running on Packer itself. Um, So it's the same technology. So basically you... um, pick a base machine inside of Azure, you then give it a configuration and it will go and build the machine that you want. Um, and it does it in a, um, in an automated fashion. It's, um, you know, 
its um, its uh, infrastructure as code. So there's a configuration. Um, there's a baseline image and a configuration, and you can run it, um, so, you know, autonomously. Um, at the moment, it's supported east, west, US, uh, central US, um, and north and west Europe. So unfortunately, no UK south and UK west yet, but they generally lag behind anyway. Um, OS support is across the board, like Ubuntu, um, Red Hat, uh, CentOS, you know, Windows, obviously, um, and and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, so you sort of take your, you know, source container, uh, your source image, you run a customizer on it, and then you distribute it either into a VHD, a managed image, or a shared image gallery. Um, and then from those places, you can then build your virtual machines um, in an automated fashion. So yeah, really good to see them add to the functionality because there was a gap there for sure. Because yep. you know, we I've talked to you about running. Um, uh, batch workloads and scale sets and there's yeah. you know cr- before it was like go in and configure the box yourself and then save it and it was like that's not really that's not really what i want to do i want something to go and build it for me so that i can run it again in two weeks and get like the latest versions of software or, or whatever i want to do or do it in an automated fashion um so so yeah and it it supports chef and puppet puppet so it those sort of standard their sort of standardized tools for um, configuring um, infrastructure um, so they're supported out of the box so this actually what, what I think is amazing about this change and I couldn't quite believe it when I was reading it is that it is built on like a um, a pre-existing platform so it's not like you know one of my gripes with ARM is that ARM is only for Azure right and I know and I know why it's yeah. like that because it's basically what runs Azure anyway, and they're just exposing it to us so we can use it. So that's great. Um, but this is like a kind of a no-brainer because if you're an infrastructure engineer, you can learn Packer. And I mean, okay, I know this is the Azure podcast, but you're not locked into one single platform. You're learning skills that you could take to maybe another job, maybe a role, or you know, different provider, or you know. And Packer doesn't yeah. even just work in the cloud. It works on just normal bare metal servers as well. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so... so um, we're at... Yeah, sorry. I was about to say, we're at uh, around 44, 45 minutes, oh give or take the, uh, That's... the minor outage earlier. Yeah, apologies <laughs> for, my, my, for my dodgy my dodgy 200 megabit internet. I apologize for that. So, um, yeah. Okay, let's, let's uh, rattle through these nets. But these bits are smaller anyway, aren't they? Um, yeah, so if we if we cut out the um, the Azure Security Center bit, and we'll do that next, you know, in you know, a okay. couple of weeks' time. Yeah, okay, um, that's cool. Um, we've got a couple so. of new extensions for Visual Studio Code, which are aimed around Azure. Um, so it allows you to um, more efficiently connect into uh, virtual machines that you've got running in Azure, and also another extension which allows you to browse resource groups. So instead of having to use the portal, which we all know and love, and yeah, we love our blade interface, um, but you can actually go and browse resource groups directly from Visual Studio Code. So great for infrastructure engineers and developers to be able to um, quickly connect and also browse to see what's what's happened um, in the shop. That's going to save some time, then, isn't it? It's just save you flipping. Um, I won't have to alt tab. Yeah, I won't have to alt tab into something else. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, and also we've got a new the new portal experience so in azure functions um we've had a new portal for a while it's um 
it's been there you can enable it but now it's enabled by default um and it takes okay. away uh, the old interface was a little bit less streamlined um it was sort of it's it's the interface we've had sort of since it was in public preview like you know it's it hasn't been updated and now this new one it just um some things have been rearranged to make it a little bit more user friendly and a little bit easier to live with so yeah um so that's come out of sort of uh what public preview yeah i suppose it is it, did it come out of public preview i assume it did um it yeah, must be if it's available. becoming the default yeah yeah so. yeah it's generally available yeah um so yeah um so yeah it's pretty cool so that's that's pretty much my roundup um there there is also been a lot of other stuff from build around uh machine learning and ai um but that's not really an area um that i sort of live and work in so yeah same here so it's it'd be quite hard for us to uh to... comment on it as such when it, it's probably very cool um what they're doing so yeah, yeah that so was that I was our build wrap right. that wrap up wasn't it so um yeah well, a small section of it, at least. Oh yeah, there's. Oh, there's. As you say. <laughs> so there's so much. We we missed so many things. So apologies if you were, you know, if there's anything that we did miss. But we just wanted to get the high level bits that were more focused towards Azure because there was a lot of developer stuff in there, um, and this is more Azure, Office three six five, and you know, Power Platform. So well, it's yeah. the bits. You know, it's the bits we use day to day or will be using day to day. As exactly. it comes out, so um, yeah. it'd be quite hard for us to comment or put an opinion on something we don't really we don't use really use, as well, yeah. it? No, exactly. So, yeah. no, yeah, cool. Um, so what are we gonna do next then? I, so, I don't know. I haven't even I haven't even thought about it to be totally <laughs> honest with you. Um, so yeah, so it's probably some of the updates will probably be around the Azure Security Center because we yeah. you know, ran out of time. This one. Yeah, um, there'll yeah, be we... some other stuff coming out. Yeah, well, I um, think maybe because. Because we've had sort of two weeks of build, maybe we'll start to get more, you know, other stuff. Like, I, I, there's probably been other areas that have been, up, you know, updated, you know, with the current pandemic and all of that sort of stuff. I, I don't know what the effect on the roadmaps that's had, you know, because of them having to sort of pivot Reprioritize. Into, well, yeah, reprioritize, like, just keeping teams up and, like, everything up do you know what i mean so mm. um so it'd be interesting to see what we sort of see over the next few months now that not things aren't returning well things are returning back to normal for us in the uk anyway slowly um but it'd be interesting to see what we we get, get out of there i think um but yeah we're not really sure I, obviously we've we've recorded this episode two weeks after we recorded the last episode i think it's good to say that we're going to try and stick to that upload cadence like every two weeks yeah. um because we don't feel like we'd have enough content to do it every week. Um, and maybe two weeks is too fast as well. Maybe it should be every month, but we'll see. We'll see what we can. Um, yeah, we might. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what it's like next week. And yeah. um, it might be that maybe we move to, to, to three weeks, just give that, us that extra week to yeah, potentially. have something else, to, you know, more stuff to talk around to keep it to. Well, it looks like we're, we're aiming for an hour now. Well, um, yeah, it's just like, up. yeah, <laughs> we write <laughs> every single week. Well, not every single episode. We write in the document, stick to 35 minutes. And now it's fifth on my recording time is 52 minutes, 32 yeah. seconds. And it's like, I feel like we just blasted through that stuff. But there is the problem is, is that like in a week where there's so much news, it's hard to yeah. cover a concept. Like when you're talking about lists, like list is such a big piece of software that you know, we've only got like a little preview of it. Um, you can still talk about it for ten minutes quite easily. So yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, excellent. Well, um, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. If you made it this far, that's absolutely amazing. Uh, we can see on our analytics that we've got some people listening and subscribing, which is um, great. Um, and if you have yeah, got can... any, if you've got any comments for us, um, please just you know uh, use our contact information to get in contact with us. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Alan, anything else you want to say? No, just say thanks for for listening. Um, you know, we haven't promoted this um yet we haven't you know made any campaigns to say hey come and listen to this yeah and we're just kind of seeing how how it rolls at the moment you know getting our i guess getting our flow um into how we do this yeah um better. yeah i so mean the we, first uh, well the, the, the first episode was us just creating accounts and working out how to <laughs> upload to different things wasn't it it was like i think we recorded it we recorded it two weeks ago to the day and i don't think when did we actually upload it can't remember we, we published it on like tuesday i think it was tuesday or wednesday wasn't it so yeah but we recorded it the is... thursday before didn't we yeah yeah it took us like like over a weekend to get it out because it was like and the problem was we had to wait for apple and google to verify the first episode didn't we so yeah it was a bit yeah. delayed but now we should have our process down except for our minor minor technical hiccup we had earlier um <laughs> with thingy so yeah so that's all cool all right excellent well thank you alan and um yeah We'll speak to you all later. Yep. Catch you guys soon. Bye. Cheers. Bye.